Christ and Christianity, my focus was going to the basics, the basics, the very basics of Christianity. Because, because some people were born in a Christian home, they don't really know the basics. So they can have an encounter with someone who has a problem with the faith, have an encounter with someone who is probably an atheist, and when they are questioned enough, they begin to find loopholes in their faith. And it now becomes a problem for them. Because, because the basics were not there, it means the foundation was not strong. When the foundation is not strong, cards can be pulled, questions can be pulled out, and it will give you a problem in the things you believe. Now remember what I said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. He says that all scripture is given to us And the first thing it's given to us for is, it said it's profitable. This is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine. Doctrine means what you believe. What you believe. Now, if you ever hear anybody say the Bible contradicts itself, the person has never read the Bible. Because the Bible has never, ever contradicted itself. I've read the whole Bible. I've never seen one contradiction. Now, when you say something like that, they begin to pull out scriptures that look contradictory. And I'm able, I always explain it to them. What I said, this is not a contradiction. Either you are having a translational error, you are usually going to have a translational error, or um, accounting. Usually, when people say the Bible has contradiction, they are looking at numbers, because sometimes the counting the counting of the years. Because first kings can say it was this number of years and chronicles will say this number of years. So people say it's a contradiction. Really, not a contradiction. Now you have to know in what time the counting was done by each of the writers. Because in certain civilizations at that time, if we start 2021, for example, They don't count it as 2021 until we end 2021. Some two will count, okay, for example, some of you here, this year you will turn 25, probably in October. So some of you say you are 25, some of you say you are 24. Do you, do you understand? So some of you, it's not like you are lying. To you, that October has not yet come. But to another person, because I'm already in that year, I'm already that age. Now, you find it um, a lot more when probably you are younger and you want to grow up. <laughs> you are 17 and in the year, you are supposed to be 18 in October. They ask you, say, I'm 18 because you want to be legal. When you now start entering 31, you now start counting it backwards. <laughs> they ask you. So, honestly, the scriptures have no um, contradiction. Now, we talk about... Um, We talked about the way to know God. Um, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 13. He says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He says, And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The knowledge of the holy. What is the knowledge of the holy? And I told you before, the knowledge of the holy is the knowledge of sacred things. There's knowledge of science. There's knowledge of, of the things of the world. There's knowledge of the things of the earth. There's knowledge, the knowledge of man. But there's also the knowledge of God. And that's the knowledge of the holy, sacred knowledge. 
you see so don't expect the knowledge of God to always look or appeal to to what you think the knowledge of the holy and I told you before that um, I think it was one of the service I said God has always needed a man to do something it's one of the knowledge of the holy I mean it's so basic God has always needed a man to do something on earth once it concerns the earth God will always require a man now you see like I say some Christians know how truth they say God can do anything and everything no man can stop him it's true but not the, the full truth so when such people encounter something that they're expecting God to do and God does not you know do it they, they blame God they tend to blame God that uh, God did not stop this accident from happening the people were Christians and they died and God did not stop it from happening so some are on one extreme of the tangent and say mm, God knows what he's doing oh God knows what he's doing don't question God our ways are not his ways I talk, I talk. so if the person has got an accident even though as a Christian we never know that's one side of it that's our mother's generation they are loyal to God despite the fact that no matter what happens they are loyal to God they have to look for excuses for God and our generation we don't take those things why because we will press phone on it's on off it's off do you understand so when things like that happen ah, they look at you and ah, there's no God so you when you go to the scriptures what do the scriptures say about things like this you see the scriptures say about things like this who is God really was God aware that there was going to be an accident yes he was aware if he's all-powerful like they say he is he should have stopped the car from getting an accident or something but God watched the accident happen because if God will have to do anything on earth and in your life he will require a man he said in the book of Ezekiel he said I sought for a man to stand the God I mean this is almighty God we are talking about I mean this is not our, our next-door neighbor almighty God that we know that's mighty God he says I sought for a man to stand in the gap mm. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30 he says and I sought for a man I mean God sought for a man do you understand the word sought I mean he was God was looking for a man he said I sought for a man among them I mean, he's not a man from space that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none now I use this to explain the judicial system now God it's amazing it's amazing I said the knowledge of the Holy is understanding it's amazing the kind of person God is God and especially not just God all spirit beings understand one thing legalism all spirit beings are very legalistic including demons very legalistic remember when Jesus Christ approached a man and the man was filled with demons and when he got there you know the first thing the demon says that have you come to throw us out before our time they give Jesus Christ reason why you cannot destroy us and Jesus didn't say yes I've come to destroy before my time isn't he almighty God isn't he God 
He didn't destroy them. Because the guys, the demons, proved to Jesus that you cannot destroy us before our time. So, take for example, in the Old, in the Old Testament, there was the outer court, there was the holy place, and there was the most holy place. Outside of the outer court, there was an altar. In the inner court, which is the most holy place, there was also another altar. Now, why these two altars? At the outer court, God represented the altar of sacrifice. In the most holy place, God represented the altar of the jury. So, the same God who gave himself for the people is the same God who is going to be in the most holy place going to judge the same sacrifice he made for the people. So God tells the people, he says, I sought for a man among them that he should make up the edge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy by a land. God is saying, I was looking for a man because this is who God is. Because of the legalistic nature of spirit beings, this is who God is. He is holy and cannot look upon sin. So once the people sin, even though he loves them, he cannot do anything about it. He will have to, as a judge, judge righteously and destroy them. Now, because he's also a, a God of mercy, he cannot just stand up and say, I have forgiven you. No, he goes to the people, then he tells them, all right, the only way that this thing can be reversed is you bring a lamb. All right, bring a lamb. When you sacrifice the lamb, I will go back into the jury seat and say, okay, these people are clean. You see? Now, go to the book of Hebrews. Um, I'll show you something. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. Look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. He says, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. Now, amazing. God, God... We are getting there. I, I, we, we've done a whole lot about God, right? Now, we are going to, if you see the board there, we've, got, we've done a whole lot. We've said a lot of things about God. Now, that's not all there is about God, but I had to bring out the salient point that the scriptures say, God is a spirit, God is a light, God is love, God is life, God is a faith God, God is a prophetic God. I'll add one more, then it will be seven. Um, there are other things about God, but these are salient ones that the scriptures bring out for us. Now, from there, we'll be going to Israel. So you'd understand, you'd understand. Because when you think that Christianity has anything to do with you, you have a problem. It has nothing to do with us. That's why people can come and tell you that it's a white man religion, white man went to bring, go to Israel to the other white people. It has nothing to do with us. So when people now come to and tell you that it's a white man, white man brought his culture and white man brought his religion, it is so flawed. It is knowledge of basic history. So Christianity has nothing to do with you and I. I'll tell you where we now come in. So God as a person, I will not bore you with a full story, but let's look at this. All right, I'll, I'll come there. He says, for every high priest taken from among men, is ordained, so it's talking about Israel, all right, during those days. Now, God chose Israel as a nation. And because God chose Israel as a nation, that should stand before him as a righteous nation that he should bless and be um, uh, identified with. He says what he did to pardon the people's sins was he ordained a high priest among them. 
So it says every high priest is taken from among men. He said every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. That means when it comes to things pertaining to God, the people will not know what to do. Once there is no sacrifice on the table, I beg, does not count. Because God taught the priest even what to say. God taught the priest even what to say. So God selected a people called the Levites. Then he now teaches them. All right, when you are approaching date, so you cannot know God on the top of your head. He will have to teach you how to approach him. So he, he speaks to the people. He now teaches the, the, the priest that when you are approaching, approaching a God, you do this. You do that. The people, the general people don't know. So at the end of the year, the general people come to the high priest who is ordained for them in things pertaining to God. And it was so sacred in those days that if the high priest enters the most holy place and he makes a mistake with the oblation, he would die there. So usually when the high priest is entering, they put a rope around his leg with nine bells. nine belts and put around his leg and it will be outside so when it keeps too long you know that a boy has died then they pull him out because you can't you can't also enter there so it says that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin that means you don't beg your way out of sin You cannot do good out of sin. I just said, oh, me, I'm not born again, but I, I have a very good heart. Who told you? <laughs> ah, where did they check hearts? You know, that's another dimension of pride. You know, it's another dimension. I, I've never seen that kind of pride before. That I, have, I have a good heart. You, you, you set question, you awarded yourself, you set question, you answered it, and you call yourself. I met someone like that. He said, I had a very good heart. I proved to him that he doesn't have a good heart. I tested him with something. In my mind. By the time he was, I, I, days later, I told myself, you see, you took this thing from me. You took that. You think you have a good heart. You don't. Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. You can't convince me otherwise. You just need an opportunity to show the wickedness. Once you are not... You cannot do good out of... Remember what, what God told Cain? When Cain was about to, you know, when he was envious of Abel. And he went there. God told him. He said, if thou doest well, your, your sacrifice will be accepted. He told him, he said, if you do, if you are doing, if you do the right thing, I will accept your sacrifice. But he told him, he said, sin lieth at thy door. He said, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. That means sin is not an act sin. Sin is a spiritual substance. He said, it is lying at your door. So you cannot say, I've changed. You cannot say I've changed. The blood of Jesus will have to wash the sin. <laughs> See. So, 
The scriptures give us the knowledge of the holy, the knowledge of sacred things. These are sacred, sacred. You know, the reason why sometimes it becomes difficult for people to understand things that have to do with God, and they try to you know, make conjectures, right? They conjectures, eh, if there's God, why is this? If there's God, they, when they start making conjectures like that, you can see that something has happened. Let me tell you what has happened. Jesus Christ made a statement. He told, he said, he told his disciples, he said, because the disciples asked him one day, he said, why do you speak to these people in parables? He said, um, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. That means in the kingdom of God, Knowledge is not learned. Knowledge is given. He said unto you, it is given to know. He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries. So, someone who it has not been given to will argue foolishly every time. It is given to know. He said unto you, it is given to know knowledge of God, of the kingdom of God. You know what Jesus Christ said? He said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So I don't blame those who say there's no God. It has to be given to you to see. Let me tell you, anytime you wake up and the consciousness of God comes to your head, cry and thank God that, Lord, at least your consciousness can come to me. Because Jesus Christ said, no man can come to me except I draw him. If the conscience of God is in your mind, thank God. Because there are some people, it cannot even cross their mind that there is a God. The conscience of God is not in their mind. Why? It is not given to them to know. He said, unto you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But I said, unto them, it is not given. So, when you don't learn your way into God, it is given to you to know. Give, look at Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 16. Let's start from 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard it, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints. Now, this, this was an amazing church, the Ephesians church. They had faith and they had love. All right? It says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, God said, um, Paul, Paul wrote to them. He's trying to tell them that it was not enough. Their faith is not enough. The love is not enough. Something else will have to come in. He says, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That what? Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give. Not I will give you books to read. Because you can read the Bible and not see anything. So I, I, I wonder, those who say we should edit the Bible, I wonder what they are talking about. Those who say we need to upgrade the Bible, you've not even read the thing. Because you can read Genesis back to back and see a new thing every time. That's one of the proofs that that book is a living book. It says that, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So God gives to you the spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of him because God is not obvious to the human eye. That means there has to be another eye that can see God. And that, that eye is made manifest by the giving of God. God gives you the revelation. This is the difference between God, Ephesians chapter 3, verse, let's start from 15. Yeah. 
For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that he, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to, look at this, verse, two, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, and to know which passes knowledge, and to know which passes knowledge. Know, knowledge. How can know pass knowledge? How can a knowledge pass knowledge? All right? But the first know he talks about there, to know, is to have a revelation. The Greek word means to have a revelation. He says to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. The second knowledge we're seeing over there, the knowledge over there, is scientific knowledge. The first one is revelation knowledge. The other one is scientific knowledge, empiricism, feeling, touching, Hearing, they're talking about empiricism now, feelings, all right? Now, the scientific knowledge he talks about here is, this is how scientific knowledge and revelation knowledge works. Now, let's say this place is where we stand, all right? This is where we stand. And let's say that place is where God stands. This will help me with the seventh, the seventh characteristic about God I wanted to show you. This will help me with the seventh one. Over there, that is where I stand. This is where God stands. When God speaks to me, when God speaks to me, he will not speak from where I stand. He will speak from where he stands. So, revelation means to reveal. So, God reveals to me. Even though it is not obvious to my senses, he reveals it to me. Now, through scientific knowledge, I begin to discover what has been revealed. So, the seventh characteristic about God is He is an eternal God. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. He says, The eternal God is that reference. Eternal God. Eternal God. What does it mean to be eternal? Now, to be eternal, remember what, what God said um, in the scripture. He says, Jesus actually said so. He said, I am He who was and is and is to come. Eternal God. What does it mean to be eternal? To be eternal means you don't function in time. God does not function in time. God does not function in time. That is why God can speak to you about your future. And when he speaks to you about your future, and say, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. God has spoken from where he stands in eternity. In eternity, the eternity past Eternity, present, and the future are all at the same place. So he stands in, that's why he said, I am. He didn't say, I will be, I am. You understand? The thing you are trying to be, I am. Where you are trying to go, I am. He is the present God. In eternity, the past, the present, and the future are all at the same place. That's why he said, I am the beginning and the end, not the beginning to the end. Because the beginning and the end are the same dots. When you now bring that beginning and end, which is in the spirit realm, when you now bring it into the, the, the physical realm, what they have to do is that they will now have to stretch the beginning and the end so that they can time the beginning and the end. So we live in time. God has not, the moment we take this um, elongated or decoded beginning and end, the moment you take it back in the realm of the spirit, it compresses again back to the same place. 
So the prophets in the Bible, when they prophesied, when they spoke of something, they saw it in the spirit as though it had already happened. They saw it as though it was just there. So when you read the book of Revelations, it will surprise you how John was prophesying. John was talking about the past and the future at the same time. When you read the book of Revelations, John was talking about the past and the future at the same time because when you get into the spirit realm, everything exists at that time. There's no tomorrow. There's no tomorrow. Faith, faith is one of the things giving us that traps an eternal substance. I hope I'm not confusing you. I hope I'm not confusing anybody. Now, okay, I think I'm confusing some people. Huh? Now, when God speaks a word, remember what he said? He said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. Now, the way, this is the reason we say God does not lie. Give me that scripture. Forever, O Lord, the, Lord is, the word is settled in heaven. This is the reason we say God does not lie. The reason we say God does not lie is because when God speaks, look at it. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. <laughs> I'll use something to explain it to you very, very well. We sing it forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven forever. We don't actually understand what that thing is saying. If we understand what that thing is saying, it shows you that the more, more of the responsibility now comes to lie on you. That's the meaning of that. This is the, that word is set in heaven. That means in heaven it is recorded what God, because sometimes some people see prophetic words and they never come to pass. Sometimes things are said by God and they never come to pass. Why? Is it that God is not able to? It's not because God is not able to. It's because when God said it in the realm of the spirit, it happened. So in the realm of the spirit, it's recorded that it actually happened because it is settled not on earth, in heaven. When I now do my part on earth, it now becomes settled in my life. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. We'll come back to this. I'll show you some. Let us therefore fear lest the promise being left us of entering into the rest, any of you should, should seem to come short of it. He says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You see, so there were a group of people that the word was preached to, they saw the manifestation. Some did not see the manifestation. The all-powerful word of God did not manifest to some people. He said, because it was not mixed with, mixed with faith. Now, this is how I'll explain it to you. Take, for example, take, for example, you ask me for a, a, a sum of money. Then I take my phone and I dial star one zero hash. Is that Momo, Momo pin? One seven zero. Star one seven zero hash. Boom, bang, 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 bang. Boom. I sent thousand cities. You did not see it. I have sent it. Do you understand? You, are, you have not seen it. I have sent it. It has been deducted. I can go to any court and just find my case that I send the money. Or I sent it to you. You went to a vendor. The vendor says, I don't have enough money to give to you. Are you supposed to call me? <laughs> Talk to me. Are you supposed to call me? Or I sent you the money and your screen is cracked. <laughs> can you hold me responsible? So forever, oh Lord, my mama is settled by my phone. <laughs> 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 
But on the other side, the other person also needs to know what to do to cash out. Eternal God. He speaks of the future as though it was. Someone can give you a prophecy, eh? And the prophecy is supposed to happen in 20 years. But at the time the prophecy came to you, it's as though it has happened in years. It's as though the thing has happened now, 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 now. Because where God speaks, where God is speaking, there's no time barrier. There's no time barrier. All the things exist at one. Eternal God. Eternal God. Eternal God. Does God respond to prayers? No. Three things God responds to. Write it down. Three things God responds to. Number one, God responds to his word. God responds to his word. John chapter 15. Let's look at verse 3. Now you are clean through the words which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can he except he abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me he can do nothing. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7. If he abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So he says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, he says, then you ask anything, I'll do it. So what is God responding to? God is responding to his words in you. I'm going to make a controversial statement, but I'll explain it, so don't worry. God doesn't answer our prayers. God answers God's prayers. I'll explain it, but relax. God responds to his word. Anytime people have gotten a response from God with regards to prayer, it will always have to come back to the word God has spoken. Now, you're you're going to see something very, very striking over here. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's look at verse 9. Let's start from verse 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Verse 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, I'm coming to my point. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Let me tell you something. All of God's integrity. Now I told you that the, the realm of the spirit is very legalistic. 
when you have a problem at a lower court, where do you take it? A higher court. All right? Okay, what if you hit the highest court of the land? International court. What if you hit that one too? All you can do is to appeal to the same court or put the law in your hands. So, when God was making... Now, this is bringing me to... We are going to Israel now. Now, when we say covenant, when we say covenant, we all know the story, how Adam sinned, sin came to the world. So what happened? He says, for all have sinned and come from the glory of God. So the whole world was in sin. The whole world was in sin. Every nation was under sin. Now, when that happened, remember what I told you about how God mentioned that he was going to remedy the situation. How God was going to remedy the situation was by bringing the Christ. If God is going to bring the Christ, that means that Christ will have to come from a nation because God deals with nations and families. He wants to come from. So God selected Israel by himself. So I ask, what did Israel do that God selected them? He selected Israel by himself. Now, this is one side of God that he leaves as his free will. And says that, all right, this is my choice. I've chosen it. So God, by himself, selected Israel. Then he, so in selecting Israel, okay, let me show you a scripture, Psalm 147. Yeah, Psalm 147, look at verse 19. He says, he showeth his word, look at it. He showeth his word. No, I, I, I've seen this. That means you cannot know God. He said he, he showed his word to Israel. What about the rest of the nations? They will not see anything. He said he showeth his word unto Jacob. When he says Jacob, he's talking about Israel. In the scripture, you see it in the twilight. I'll explain why it is so. Jacob, Israel, sometimes you see Israel, sometimes you see Jacob, you're right. Because Jacob was the one who became Israel. So sometimes, you know, the prophets are very poetic with how they write the, the thing. So he showed his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. Verse 20. He hath not dealt so with any nation. So no nation is God's nation, including Ghana. From today, let that sink in your mind. Ghana, let me, because let me tell you something. I, I've seen some people make some statements, right? One time I was talking with a girl many years ago, and she said, she, she has decided she's not going to do anything before marriage. I said, that's good. And she said, she has a covenant with God. I said, it's not true. The lesser does not start a covenant. The greater initiates the covenant. How can the lesser person say, God, I have made a covenant? You can make a vow to God that, God, I'm going to do this, and he can accept or decline the vow. But how can you get this mentality that I have now started a covenant with God? If you want to follow the word of God, 
What are you going to do? What is that girl supposed to say? She's supposed to say, because God has said I'm not supposed to do that, so I am now agreeing with God on it. That one, that one can wake. But that you are, I have a covenant with God. I have started a covenant with God. Hey, Charlie, you are bold, though. Okay, the covenant you are making with God, what are you going to give him? Because in every covenant, you, 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 you show your terms and conditions that um, God comes to Abraham, he says, get out of the father's house, get out of the kindred, onto a land that I'll show thee, and I will make you a blessing, I will bless thee, and make your name great. God shows him what I'm going to do for you. Okay, so you now you are now starting a covenant with God. What are you going to give God? Mention it. Is it? Bone straight. <laughs> you give God bone straight. I said no nation is for God. No nation belongs to God. Ghana is not for God. I'm telling you today, Ghana doesn't belong to God. It's a very, very serious statement. I know some people are, ah, Pastor, Ghana, the way we pray, God doesn't care. If God ever makes any intervention in Ghana, it is because of the Christians in Ghana. Because there is Israel, then there is the Gentiles, but there is another race called the church who come there. And because of the church, God can make interventions in nations. But that God will claim a nation that it is for me, not one. Except Israel. He said he had not dealt so with any nation. So Ghanaians say, Ghana is for God. Already had Ghana mouth. Give on pet. He doesn't like. He had not dealt so with any nation. No nation belongs to God except Israel. So upon every country, every family, every group of people, there are demon spirits, there are principalities that remember Daniel chapter 9. He called the king of Persia because there was the prince of Persia, but there was also the king of Persia. That was the spirit force in charge of Persia. And there was the prince of Grecia. And also the king of Grecia. There's the king of Assyria, king of Egypt. Now, these are spirit beings that preside over groups of people, nations, and over Israel, there's Angel Michael. Every nation. It's not for God. He had not dealt so with any nation. How did God choose Israel? This is how God chose Israel. It is by the force of the covenant. It is by the force of the covenant. So, we are going to how God now got identified with Israel. Man had sinned. Now, I don't want to bore you with different covenants. There's the Adamic covenant. There's the Noah covenant. The covenant of the rainbow. That's Noah's covenant. No, I don't go with that. We are, because I'm trying to... Um, I want to finish this on time so that we can do some other topics. Now... So I'm not going to go through all those covenants. The major covenant that has to do with our, our work with God, our acceptance of Jesus Christ, our Christianity, and its productivity is the Abrahamic covenant. The covenant God made with Abraham. So go back to the book of Hebrews. I remember this, that he had not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgment, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. God is happy that he said no nation belongs to him except Israel. He went to Abraham because God was going to bring out a nation and going to make the nation his nation. 
At that time, sin was in the world. And because sin was in the world, Bible says death reigned by sin. Death reigned by sin. And because death reigned by sin, God was going to carve out a nation that will not be polluted so that he can bring the Christ out of that nation so that it can be legal that the Christ can die for the world. So when he brings the Christ, when he brought the Christ out of Israel, something happened. Everything that he said to Israel, if Israel rejects it, he is now legally right to now take it to all other nations. Go back to the book of Hebrews. He said, for when God made promise to Abraham, now remember, I said Christianity has nothing to do with me and you. Because when all these things were, go into Abraham's presence, I'm like, you know Abraham anyway. <laughs> for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. So God has to look for something that can hold him to what he's doing. Now, he is God, none greater than him. So how, how would he swear? He swore by himself. Himself. Now, that himself is not, was not necessarily talking about his personality. He had to swear by that which is greater. The Bible says that thou hast exalted thy word above all the revelations of your name. So God swore by something greater, which is his word. So, what is God saying? What I'm saying can be taken to the bank. My integrity lies on this. If this thing fails, I am not God. That's the implication of this statement. Because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Verse 14. Saying, surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. Now, that's the covenant. The initiator of the covenant is now telling you, if you follow me, this is what I'm going to do for you. Verse 15. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Verse 16. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. He said, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. Time will not permit me to go into all this. Verse 18. That by two, oh my God, that by two immutable things, uh, by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. King James is confusing you. What he's saying is that by these two immutable things, I'll tell you what the two immutable things are. These two things that God was going to swear by. He said that we can hold God, we can hold God by his trousers and say, this is it. God, you said this. You said this. You said this. Look, if there's anything you should put inside you, Day and night, day and night, day and night. David said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In that law, he meditates day and night. When you wake up in the morning, aside praying, oh, blessed, blessed, bless. That's not prayer. Blessed, bless, amen. Give me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, because my name is Give me, Lord. They put their foot in front of them. Thank you, Lord. Pa. When you wake up in the morning, listen to a message or read your Bible. Your rhapsody. When you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, then in the evening. Do it in the morning, do it in the evening. Do it. You can decide to do 
10 in a day. But make sure you are doing in the morning and doing the evening. You are listening to a message in the morning and in the evening. Because when his words abide in you, the day will come. Let me tell you this. There was a guy. He's one of our brethren. He's actually a leader. He came to church. When he came to church, it was about two, three years ago. He was in a group of, of friends that, you know, they don't like church and all that. So he used to sneak and come to church because deep down inside him, he would be coming to church, but his friends would tease him and all that. But he kept coming. He kept coming. He kept coming. After a while, he got separated from those friends and all that. And he became, you know, very committed to the things of God. And he was coming and coming to church and coming to church. This year, he was diagnosed of kidney stones. And I told him something. I said, do you know that is why God brought you to church three years ago? says take up the all armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. Don't, don't think of God as a magician that something is about to happen and it just helps you. When God has seen the thing coming in the next four years, he now starts connecting you. You'll be listening to the word of God. There are messages you are listening to today that they will never show up until something happens. That is the reason you are, you, you see, this is the reason we go to church. This is the reason why we listen to the word of God. Because God is equipping us for something we know nothing about. A lot of the time, when things happen and people are not prepared, then you see that they die. People don't understand. Ah, he was a Christian, but he died. Bible says that when you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. That means the day the problem comes, it didn't come to meet you already. God will say, my daughter, you have tried. Come, come to heaven. You have tried. Bible says, in the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, withhold not thy hand. This is not talking about just money seed. In the morning, sow your seed. That means in the morning, put the word of God inside you. He said, in the evening, don't withhold your hands. In the evening, do it again. He said, because you do not know which one will work. The person who has been forcing you to come to church, the person is helping you. He's doing God's work. He's God. It's God who has been pushing you. It's God who has been pushing you. Because the, that young guy, he was, the guy got diagnosed of kidney stones. That's what I said, you know. I said, now, everything you have learned in church, this is the time. I said, this is the time. He fought it. He fought it. He fought it. He fought it. One day he went to the hospital. They couldn't find any stone. He will be confessing. Sometimes the pain will show up. He'll be confessing. He'll be speaking. He'll be speaking. Now, everything he knows in the word of God, he has to use. He used seed sowing. He used prayer. He used supplication. He used everything. One time he came to me. He said, sir, this is all the money in my account. He said, because the, the stones, they are telling me something about surgery, and it will affect this and affect that. And I think his dad also died of the same thing. He knew that, no, he has come to a very serious place in his life. We were having a meeting somewhere, and he came and knelt down. I collected the seed. I said, Lord, I, I could tell what the guy was doing. He was using everything he has learned in church. He was applying all of them. He was applying everything. Because when God is teaching you his word, he's showing you his word, it's because something is coming. Something is coming. He's helping you. When you find yourself not enthusiastic about the word of God, that is how to know that you are sick. Spiritually sick. Because it is natural for every physical person to be hungry. When someone is not eating, what do you say? 
He has lost appetite. Isn't he sick? The same way, spiritually. When you don't find yourself enthusiastic about the word of God. Sickness. You have no hunger. No appetite. The devil is about stealing you. Are you So God does not respond to the multiplicity of your prayer. He told the Pharisees, he said, they think they'll be heard by their much speaking. Do it, Lord. 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 Ready, mommy. Ready, mommy. Yeah. 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 Do you want to hear those problems? No, how did this, all these songs became, be, become gospel songs? And in the cemetery. Then someone told Why name him say, That statement eh, is a big blow to God. That's to say, God knows you are sick and he's sitting down. <laughs> sing, sing, sing. He's telling you, sing more, sing more. What a wicked God. What a wicked God. So they think they'll be heard because they are crying. There is a, you know, there's a, there's a, there are tears, eh? There are tears that are not spiritual. There are spiritual tears. There are spiritual tears. There are tears that, you know, you are coming from the place of enough is enough. All right? Very, very powerful. We use them in supplication. But there are tears that are tears of sorrow. Just sorrow. And you feel bad for yourself. And you feel... I don't know, Lord. 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 Ten years ago, I went to church. At the time I started going to Christmas Eve, I sat down and listened to Pastor. Anytime I finished listening to Pastor, I'll be so full of faith. I'll be so full of the faith. Ha! I'll go back home. Even though nothing is happening at home, I'll be speaking powerfully. I said, the greatness of God is in this house. My mother said, hey, hey, hey. What's up, Abiyo? 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 What's up, I'll be saying things. I'll be saying the glory of God. Sometimes I'll just go. Because I was hearing this message. I was, I was convinced. When I went to her, I said, Mommy, do you know that I'm a great person? Charlie, Charlie, hey. Every time. Remember the story I told you about I'm in charge? Yeah. My friend, we used to pray around Ghana Commercial Bank car park. So one time my dad and my mom went to pass there. And my friend, he was praying over there. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. You know when you are so full of the Holy Ghost, you know, you start speaking. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. And when I came back to the house, I don't know what I'm in charge. I'm in charge. <laughs> 
Musamuni she. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. Kalabaya. Yes, I've come and gone. The guy is in charge now. Someone say, I'm in charge. When you pray, what sort of praise? Every time I notice that when I go and listen to the word of God and I'm full of faith and I come home and I talk to my mother, the cold goes down. Hey! By the time I'll finish, my faith has destroyed. So I pick a plan. Because my mom is my closest buddy, so every time we have to talk. But I notice that there's no time we will talk. That she will not destroy what I'm about to listen to. So I, I now pick plan. So when she starts talking, we will talk about every other thing. Once she starts bringing my faith, I ran, I ran out of the place. So that was the plan I picked. So we start talking. Hmm. I'll be telling her, I say, say, I say, So the moment she starts, I go out. I say, Father, I wash myself clean of this. Ah. So, I'll be with her sometimes. I'll be sharing the word of God. Sometimes I'll not be allowed to talk. I'll be pushing what I'm saying. Pushing what I'm saying. Say, Mom, can the right thing? Say the right thing. You know, many of you have been praying for your parents and all that. You will still have to teach them the word of God. There's a, there's a limit to where your faith can carry them. Because you can't be praying for your mother not to die when she's always saying with her mouth that she's dead. It won't work. Why won't it work? Because she is your mother, has more authority over you. You cannot, if you were the older, you can shield. But you are not the older. You are the younger. You are the lesser. Except by a spiritual authority, you have gained mastery in the house. Like for example, my mother calls me a pastor now. So now, there are some things I can do for her. But if you're just in the house and they don't even respect your words or anything, that's not, you cannot pray for them. You pray, there's a limit to where it can go to. Afterwards, they will have to also say the right things for themselves. So, after listening to my mom one of the days, I was so sad. Someone who always comes back full of the Holy Ghost, speaking boldness, I was so sad, I went to the park. God, why? God, why? For the first time in my life, when I spoke like that, I didn't feel the presence of God. I didn't feel the power of God. Nothing happened. I was not full of the Holy Ghost. Nothing. I was just full of crying and I just sat down on the floor. I just knew that I made not quite that day. From that day, I said, no. Let me stick to this thing. Let me stick to this thing. Because the other times, even though there was nothing, when I start speaking and I start praying and I start saying, oh, I have everything. Oh, God has given me all things that, that pertain to life and God. Even though there's nothing, when I'm done, there's this, there's this joy in my spirit. There's this springing of my spirit. I, I, I prefer that. I prefer that to crying. And it was as though God had stepped away from me from what I was saying. Because God does not res respond to those tears of sorrow. God responds only to his word. He says he swore by two immutable things. One of the immutable things was the promise. It was the promise. It was the word. He swore by himself. Himself. Bible says that even if we are faithless, he still remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. It's not he cannot decide, deny your shouting. God, God, 
God! He cannot deny himself, not your shouting. You are in a car. You are in a car. The car is moving. The car is moving. There's going to be an accident. Who's that? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They can die except Mercy Jesus. They can die. Because there's another Jesus in Brazil. What is even a footballer? Yes, they can die. We don't mention the name of Jesus in fear. It becomes the real guy in Jesus. When you mention it in faith, he is Lord in that realm. So you know, Jesus, 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 Everybody go. Once it's happening like that, you, you, you take your stand. You stretch your hands in the name of Jesus. I don't think I have men of faith standing over here. This should have kicked something in your spirit. You get home because God responds to his word. You get home. The mother says, oh, oh, this, this, this happened. Said, mommy, it is written. It is written. At the time, you know, it's now that I can share personal testimonies. At the time I started, there were no personal testimonies. I had to stick to what was written. I had to stick to what was written. She talks this. I said, no. No. The Bible says that we should not. He said, you know, she will say, oh, we are nobodies. I said, no. The Bible says we are a chosen generation. I'll tell her. It looks like I was unrealistic. But there's nothing realer than the word of God. I kept to the word. I kept, I kept saying the word. I said, Mom, we are, we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. Then those people who say, oh, put the Bible aside, let's face facts. There's no facts. There's no facts. All my facts are based on the word of God. For he had said, so that I may boldly say. I said, God only responds to the word, his word. Go to the book of Hebrews. For he had said that we may boldly say. No, he has said, not that we will say, oh, God has said it. You see, every time your response to the word of God is what makes the, the difference. He said, for he had said. For he had said. So God did not say things to be in the Bible so that they remain in the Bible. I told you, I said, to, to run away from spirits eh, eh, is not to put the Bible under your bed. The Bible is, 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 is under your bed and you sleep on the Bible. No, 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 no. For he had said. In verse 7, in, in verse 5, he said, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as he have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, so that you may boldly say. So he said, so that you will say. He didn't say, so that you sit down. He said, so you say. So you wake up in the morning, you speak the word of God. He said, what did he say? He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So that you may boldly say, no man can do anything to me. He said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. So that I may boldly say, there's no generational poverty in my house. For he had said, they that dwell in Zion shall not say I'm sick. So that I may boldly say, that health is my portion. He had said, so that I will say. He didn't say, so that I sit down. Listen, the house of God is, is, is not a place, oh my God. I want to say some things, but <laughs> the house of God is not a club. It's not a club. It's not a shanty union. It's not a girl's guide. It's not a club. We didn't come to a club. 
You understand? It's not a club that I've joined, I've joined this church. That's why I've joined some club. Where are you paying? You think offering is juice? Why are they paying juice? The house of God is a place of power. When you hear the word of God, it's a forever, oh Lord, that word is settled. The word of God is, is living and active. The Bible says it is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. When you hear the word of God, let it be life to you. It says they are life to them that find them and medicine to all their flesh. If you have the word inside you, you don't fear any virus. When you wear masks, you are protecting others. When you wear masks, you are protecting others. You, you, you cannot infect me. I cannot be infected. I cannot be infected. So there was a woman here. There's a woman. She, she couldn't come today. She was telling me. She said, hey, "Oh, because I was teaching them. I said exemption, 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 exemption." I was teaching her. She said, "Come in." No, her, her, her children are here, but she says, "No, she, this is her church." She said, "She won't go back here. She always comes." She was telling me. She was at her home office. Said the whole floor, everybody got it. She said, she always tells them, "I cannot be, I cannot be infected." She said, "I cannot be infected." Doctor Solomon. His whole office, he's a doctor. He attends to the patients. He told them, he said, he told the whole office. He said, I cannot be infected. Everybody has been infected, isolated, and come. He said, still there. He said, they are still. So they follow him to church now. Ah. Say, I cannot be infected. I cannot be infected. infected. Have you read about Israel? Bible says, when there was darkness in the whole of Egypt, Bible said there was light in Goshen. Light in Goshen. So take it, Makosi. So Karamakira Boskiti. KK Bose. It's not another gathering. The church is not another one of those gatherings. It's not another gathering. This is the living house of the living God. Well, God has sworn by His words. So God responds to His word. So I, I will not say I cannot be infected based on my stubbornness or strong head. When I say I cannot be infected, I'm standing on something. I know something because God responds to his word. I wake up in the morning and I say, Father, in the name of Jesus. He said, God that dwell in Zion shall not say I'm sick. So I cannot say I'm sick. I don't say it. I don't say it. I don't say it. I don't say it. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. So before you got born again, you had an asthmatic attack. All things have passed away. They passed with it. You don't need special prayer. They passed with it. You just need to wake up one day and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, me and asthma are not like that again. All things have become new. Am I talking to somebody here? People are unemployed around you. There are people that are unemployed around you. And they say, when you finish school, when you finish national service, you will not get a job. You wake up in your house and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am an employee of labor. I am an employee of labor. I'm not looking for a job. I remember, I remember, I remember when I finished school, my mother said, you know now, don't follow what I did, please. Don't follow what I did. You need, you need to know what I know to follow what I did. I didn't do national service. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And you know the reason I didn't do it? It's good. National service is very good. Let me tell you why I didn't do it. My mother said, go here national service. Yes, I will be on you. You want to say, you want When I finished, I employed people. I had, I had, I had companies. 
had companies. My office was at North Kenesha. I employed people. At a point, I, I dyed my hair. Eh? So, if you say that, eh, the reason why you shouldn't dye your hair or wear earrings as a man is because nobody will employ you. I beg your pardon. I, with my dye hair, in, in, employed those who cut your hair. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody here? You are not a victim of the system. Am I talking to somebody here? I said you are not a victim of the system.